So our bodies are these incredible, incredible human machines. And I truly believe that pranayama and meditation practices, what you all are learning here, are going to change the world. And we are really super, super lucky to be kind of at this new kind of time where the world is evolving and believing in the modalities of yoga and wellness principles to help people heal themselves from the inside out. Uh, the purpose or what people really see yoga and mindfulness practices as an exercise to strength, to get a hero physique. And what I want to think you all to think about is that when we come to the mat, we're not just coming in for this stretch, but actually this 5,000-year-old discipline is so much more because it works on subtle levels in your body, which is the nervous system, which is why we're here today. Yoga is an opportunity to create calm and balance in a body-mind that's really overtaxed in this world that we live in. To me, we're learning and teaching as we teach people asanas, sensory integration tools, which is the coolest thing in the whole world. One of my favorite wellness quotes is from a dude named Thomas Edison. Do you know, all know who that is? Yeah, right? Um, he said that the doctor of the future will give no medicine, but will interest his patient, his or her patient, in the care of the human frame and diet in the cause and prevention of dis-ease. That's pretty cool. Because that's what all of you have the opportunity to do as you go through this program and learn about yoga and Ayurveda and mindfulness practices, is you have the opportunity to give someone, maybe it's a vitamin versus an aspirin, but you're giving someone an opportunity to heal themselves through breath and movement. Our bodies are really amazing superhuman machines, and they're powered by the inhale and the exhale. So those are the pistons of our engine. So when we think about the central nervous system, we don't really think about the breath, but truly that's the thing that actually activates the central nervous system. The prana vayus and yoga and meditation reboot us. So the moving meditations and the breath work that we do affect our neurotransmitters and recalibrate us. I love someone said like short circuit and um, com uh, computer and hacking. That's pretty much what we're doing. We're this incredible machine that needs to be rebooted and plugged in every once in a while because we can get totally hacked and hijacked by the chitta vrittis, the wandering mind. It does disastrous, crazy stuff to us, right? It can really throw us off path. And yoga and breath work helps create connections where there's tons of disconnections that are created when our mind gets the best of us. When we breathe deep enough and all the lines of communication along our central nervous system are in harmony, we create a state of consciousness, which is pretty interesting because a lot of people are very disconnected and they're not living within their body, they're just going through the motions. And um, our central nervous system is the blueprint of our essence and it's where all of our nerve endings are attached to our spine. So today as we kind of talk about the stuff that we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk a little bit about Ashtanga, how the eight, bless you, how the eight limb path really helps us to um, get to know our bayous, our different pathways of energy that help to engage what yogis observed as the nadis. Have you ever heard of something called the nadis? 
Yep, so we're working and talking about today those 72,000 lines of meridians in the body that yogis call nadis, that scientists and Western doctors now call the um, energetic system or the nervous system. And our nervous system really helps create equanimity in our brain and our body. And it creates those links where they've been disconnected. Um, did you know, and I'll just give you a quick statistic, but approximately one in five adults in the United States, which is like 43.8 million or 18.5% experience mental illness in a given year? Did you know that anxiety and depression disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States? And that when we come to the mat, we're actually allowing people to get treatment for maybe things that are challenging them that they wouldn't want to call anxiety or stress or dis-ease or depression, right? And these things are highly treatable through mindful movement, but only about one-third of people suffering treatment actually get help. So our yoga practice in turn, because we are kind of tapping in and settling in to ourselves, it allows us to calm our um, nervous system and drop into awareness which is pretty amazing that we are not outside of our bodies and disconnected, but we can literally plug in. The definition of mind and the definition of heart are virtually the same words in Eastern languages, which is very, very interesting. Because a lot of people think, right, and don't really listen to the heart or really connect within. And when our mind is so caught up in thought, we trigger a fight or flight and most of the time, our nervous system is totally wackadoodle, right? So we're in this fight or flight. We're in the basement apartment, and we want to get up into that higher state of consciousness. We want to get into, like, the golden penthouse so that life becomes really effortless, and we are conscious and aware and awake to everything that's around us. And yogis, we call those siddhas, right? We call those superpowers, we're really intuitive and we've connected and we're really like um, more integrated and whole. We are over 200 billion neurons and trillions of synaptic cells, but a lot of times people think that we're our name. But we're not our name, we're not our age, we're not our opinions or our ideas, but we like to cling to things. And that's why we need to be at home in our own skin. So as yoga teachers, we have this incredible opportunity to teach how to really settle in and teach people to come to the four corners of the mat, not to get a workout, but to get something so much greater, right? Which is cool. It makes me want to cry. I'm like, that's the coolest thing in the whole world. So moksha, right? What's moksha? Freedom, liberation. Moksha is the coolest thing. And the second line after ata, now is the time, in the Yoga Sutras talks about what? Yoga chitta vritti narodaha. Yoga is the calming of the fluctuations of the mind. So if we don't cling to that I, me, or mine, and we really are at home in our own skin and don't let our mind kind of take our computer into crazy-ass directions, all of a sudden, we liberate ourselves from the cause of suffering. We use our practice to calm the energetic system so that we can be present and conscious and aware and tuned in to something way greater than ourselves. And if we 
are not who we think we are and we see thoughts as they are and, are not, and we are not our thoughts, our mind isn't a prison anymore, right? And that's ultimately what we're doing is we're becoming friends with the mind so that healing and transformation can happen within. We have so much power. We have so much amazing ways that we can transform. But the nerves and the nervous system, because it's connected to our spine, our, our brain, it can really not function properly. And then the synapses, they don't work. They don't connect. They don't function. And we can't survive because all we're running around is like chickens with the head cut off trying to like just get things accomplished. But we're all stressed out and freaking out and panicked and oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then I haven't taken a breath. Holy balls. Right? So to me, the nerves are the blueprint of our body. It's a cross-fertilization that we're learning today about um, the nervous system of Western science with ideas from ancient Eastern wisdom system. Yoga links the body-brain connection. There's a great book um, for acupuncturists and people who do a lot of like um, mindful um, body healing, body workers. It's the Yellow Emperor's book. Uh, anybody know the exact title? It's a um, but there's a saying from it that says uh, the earth has its heavens. No, the, the, con uh, the heavens has its constellations. The earth has its waterways. And the bodies have these amazing systems and pathways which are called nadis, little flowing rivers of energy. So we are just as great as the celestial sky. We are just as great as Mother Earth, but we really need to get things to function and flow properly so that we can be connected. To obtain a condition in which the fullest relaxation is possible, it is essential to control the brain and the nervous system. There's an old Sanskrit um, tract or a statement that says, when the nervous system is relieved of all of its impurities, there appears the perceptible signs of success, the glowing color of health. Do you ever have that friend who's like, they've got it, right? Or you just feel like you're just so in the zone that everything's just, life is effortless? That effortless effort is what we're trying to do when we create a healthy nervous system. And it's an integral part of the overall well-being of our human body. Our nervous system is the center of our body-mind network. And, it, and in order to balance our nervous system, today we're going to talk about some tricks that help us for overall health and well-being. Um, one of the most well-known effects of yoga and mindfulness practice for the nervous system to create stress reduction is what Stephanie said, I believe, of mindfulness practices. Anybody ever heard of John Kabat-Zinn? Right? So John Kabat-Zinn has this awesome um, MBSR program. And overactive sympathetic nervous system is when we're living in a continual state of fight, flight, or freeze. That's pretty much every single person that you meet, including children. Unless like you're living on a mountaintop and have a loincloth and are eating roots and berries and things that fall from trees and call yourself a fruitarian or something like that, right? 
You know, I mean, it's pretty hard, especially in the way that the world is right now, to not have this sense of anxiety that we're feeling. Well, programs like MBSR, which is Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, have literally proven how to combat an overactive sympathetic nervous system. Cool, right? Yoga teachers, you see people come in and they're like, and then they walk out and they're like, It's, it's, it's studies are increasingly documenting how yoga works and helps major issues like back pain, uh, cancer, chronic pain, arthritis, heart attacks. In the yoga and the nervous system sheet where it says uh, the Yoga RX one, it gives you some examples of how people become more self-reliant, they have better sleep, they have a better attitude, better focus. But what I want you to think about as we go through all of this is one of the main reasons and one of the main things that help to affect um, an overactive um, sympathetic nervous system is actually happiness or contentment. If we don't believe our thoughts or we don't realize that we aren't just the thoughts that we have and we make friends with our mind, all of a sudden we have a much more equanimable place to live. Our bodies are our temples, but sometimes we treat them like crap, right? Because our mind is the thing that's working and kind of taking us off track so that our practice gives us the opportunity to be more proactive versus reactive and more integrated and whole so that we don't lose sight of our true nature, which is bliss, which is freedom, which is beauty. When we um, start to think about all the things that we can heal, I want you to kind of look now, please, at the uh, one where you wrote your heart rate on. The nervous system, because it is the blueprint of our body, is made up of a large number of individual cells or neurons, each with a cell body and a long projecting fiber that transmit rapid um, uh, impulses or signals. And this is from the Cleveland Clinic. Have you ever heard of the Cleveland Clinic? Yeah, you did? Coolio dot, that's neat. Bundles of fibers together form the large nerves, which are stretched and purified by yoga asanas. By clearing toxins from the tissues, the asanas benefit neurotransmissions at the fine nerve endings and at synapses between the nerves. Yoga has been shown to stabilize the response of the nervous system to stress, removing the constant muscular tension produced by the repeated alerts from the central nervous system and calming the involuntary symptoms of threat, racing heart, sweating, anxiety, roused by the sympathetic nervous system. Bless you. So in this, we're going to learn kind of about the ANS, the autonomic nervous system, which has two branches that work in conjunction. The sympathetic, which is the SNS, and the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the PNS. The spinal nerves leave the cord in pairs from either side of each segment and branch finally to form the system. The motor fibers carry instructions to every muscle and the sensory fibers bring the information from every receptor. 
So our central nervous system truly is the blueprint of our essence. It is um, the powerhouse and communication center for the body. Um, at the top of our head, we have um, um, our spinal column, correct? So in our cranium, our skull, we have an atlas and an axis. It's where the kind of like the cranium sits on top of the spine. And then all those nerves come from the brain. So we always think like, oh, our brain stops here. But what I want you to think about today is that our brain doesn't stop just here, but if you pulled your brain out of your body, it'll pull the rest of the central nervous system with it. So everything that we do, a forward fold to calm the parasympathetic nervous system, a twist to release anxiety. You all have really wide eyes, are you okay? Okay, a twist to release anxiety. Uh, um, an inversion practice to engage the endocrine system to help to move the fluids through your body so you really function properly and release anything that's congested in the lymph nodes. All of the ways that the yogis set this stuff up, they didn't have like a stethoscope. They didn't have like a microscope. They didn't have all of these things, but they just knew intrinsically from really, really maybe meditating on it, maybe breathing on it, maybe it was divine intervention, who knows? They knew that what our energetic system did and how our central nervous system and, uh, works so that we could create movements or asanas sitting on the platform of the breath to heal ourselves from the inside out. That's groovy. From the deep roots in the cord, the spinal nerves spread out to serve every part of the system. Within the cord, ceaseless intercommunication takes place, and impulses travel rapidly down the sensory and motor fibers to and from the brain. This is why I think that we are like this amazing human machine, because if um, we stop breathing, what happens? You're kind of dead and we shut down, right? So our inhales and our exhales, our bayous, really help to keep us in good health and help us um, to uh, function properly. So what I would love for you to see before we go any further on that is to look at the idea of bayous. The most significant of the five values are the prana value and the apana value. So it's this pretty picture. The prana value is an upward flowing energy and the apan value is a downward flowing energy. So if you think of it, yogis don't count their lives by the number of years. We count our lives by the number of breaths, right? So we really need to focus on breathing and we need to focus on inhaling, which yogis believe is springtime, where we're getting our oxygen and all that good stuff. And the exhale, where we push out all the toxins and that's letting go, we see that as like a death or a, a fall, a purging, right? And that's where we let off CO2 and the toxins and the things that build up within us. We're just a bunch of hot fucking gas, <laughs> right? But that inhale and the exhale allow the subtle spine to awaken and begin to arise the energies. And um, if, the, if you see this chart here, this chart is from an Ashtanga manual. 
And it just kind of shows you, it's hard to see because it's black and white, but it shows you how the Udana, Prana, Samana, Apana, and Vayana Vayus move through the body. And it's so important to think of ourselves as this whole being that really functions from the breath. And so it gives you a little bit of an interesting perspective on breathing, and it gives an explanation on the values for you. When we think about those values, to me, it um, helps to um, start talking about the idea of prana, right? So prana flows through these little flowing rivers of energy, and prana comes from two roots. Pra meaning first, and na, the smallest unit of energy, the smallest atom. Prana, therefore, is the first breath or the primal or atomic beginning of the flow of energy. And out of this first unit, energy manifests all aspects and levels of the human being. And our energy, our breath, these values, work through little flowing rivers, and um, they move through the body, and create um, awareness to the conscious mind. Should we go back to that clinic, Cle Cleveland Clinic sheet? Sure. So not only is breath an important factor, but also in a really, really important factor in a person's life is exercise, eating habits, and positive mental health. So we're really cleaning up our mind. And the Cleveland Clinic talks about how happiness is truly an element that happens and is a way that we positively change and our being changes when we allow our central nervous system to clean up our organs, our muscles, our tissues, our fibers, and enable us to remain level-headed in stressful situations. Everybody doing okay? Which page were you just reading? Oh, your Cleveland Clinic one, the nervous system, um, where it has your heart rate on. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the nerves, but I wanted to just relate this paragraph from what the Cleveland Clinic said that the asanas, in order, uh, are what cleanses the cells, which in turn allow the nervous system to react carefully to stress. The muscles are able to relax during time of tension and other negative symptoms produced by our adrenaline that pours into the system during fight or flight mode um, are repressed. Or maybe not repressed, but they're able to create space so you're not holding it in your tissues and fibers. And all these effects are due to activity within the sympathetic nervous system. So what I would love to have you look at is that sheet that says nadis. This is a lot of reading that you can take home, but I want to just show you how the human nervous system is divided into the central and autonomic nervous system, left and right. And the left channel is the ida and it manifests the central nervous system. I mean the um, 
sorry, not the central nervous system, the, um, the yeah, sympathetic nervous system. And the pingala nadi, the right channel, is um, the, also the um, central uh, ner the, uh, sympathetic nervous system. The central channel or the shishimna nadi manifests the parasympathetic nervous system. Sorry, I'm having a hard time talking. And um, the system is self-governing and controls our involuntary activities such as heartbeat, breathing, and reflex that is unconscious as opposed to conscious activity. When we breathe, and we're gonna do a breathing exercise in a second, nostril dominance shifts. Our energy system is usually more active in either the left or the right sides, which are the Ida and Pingala, and usually believe that we are breathing through both nostrils, although it switches, and usually it's like 90 or 120 minutes, it switches from one nostril to the other. So what we're trying to do when we practice is we're trying to find equanimity, right? That's what we use a lot, that word balance, equanimity, different ways to find center. But it comes from the breathing. So this nostril shift or dominant nostril shift can be changed just through breathing practices. How many of you do alternate nostril breathing? Right? That's a huge, huge practice that yogis did. And um, to balance out the little flowing rivers of energy and to get the values to work so that there wasn't a nostril dominance, but there was ease and um, uh, equanimity in our systems, and especially our brain. Because what are the major intersections of our nadis? Chakras, right? So the yogis believed that... Um, the, the chakras are the major intersections of the nadis. And in order to get the energy to flow properly through the breath, then, in, then the chakras are balanced and spinning clockwise like they're supposed to, and our brain is balanced, and then we grow wings, and like Red Bull, it sets us free. But that's a lot of times where they believe the, that symbol there, the caduceus, comes from. Is, is, is that it's the intersection of the nadis. And that the, 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 the uh, balance or the dominance shift comes from the inhales and the exhales balancing out the brain. So it starts at the base of the spine, at that ganglion and nerves, and moves all the way up through breath to affect creating ease in our life. So if you flip that page, and we've already talked about the values, we're going to just kind of try a little bit Nadi Shadonam, or channel purification, before we see this really cool chart on the Ida and the Pingala and the Shashimna Nadi and see how it relates to yoga. Everybody doing okay? Yeah. So, What's the relationship between the values and the Nadi? The values are breath. And the nadis are the flowing rivers of energy. So we have to breathe properly in order to get our um, um, chakras and nadis to flow freely. And, and how do the different values relate to the chakras? Is there any correspondence? Or is it just... No, it's just the way that the air moves through your systems according to Ashtanga lineage. Yeah. yeah. 
But when we inhale, that's prana vayu, and when we exhale, the letting go is the apana vayu. And the inhales and the exhales power the movement along the spine, which in turn affect the flowing rivers of energy or your nadis. And the smaller little intersections or major intersections of that would be what yogis call chakras. And when your chakras are in line and your body is freely flowing and you are unified and whole, then you're balancing the hemispheres of the brain. I gave little, there's little descriptions next to them on what exactly they do. They're a little bit more complicated. Yeah. There'll be um, like a breath ratio class or like a um, breath work class is a good opportunity to dive deeper into those. But I wanted to give you um, words that you could read at home from those sheets to kind of find out what they were. Yeah, no problem. All right, so here it gives you a technique to find alternate nostril breathing, which calms the central nervous system and even helps overcome mood swings because if you are balancing out the nostrils and balancing out the dominant hemispheres of the brain, you are finding <coughs> some peace and ease. So what I'd like to do is a really simple one. Actually, instead of doing the full on alternate nostril breathing or Nadi Shodhanam, um, what I'd love to do is just a little bit of a dolphin breath. It's a little bit more easy and fun and playful, and you can do this with kids. So we're going to come into a comfortable seat because we're all just big kids trapped in, I mean, little kids trapped in big bodies. <coughs> As you come into a comfortable seat and you feel yourself relaxed, just begin to take and real subtly close your eyes. Be careful that when you extend your arms open wide, you're not going to knock your buddy over. <laughs> Good. As you sit in a posture that keeps your head, your neck, your torso in a comfortable position and you're facilitating ease, remember that this is coming from the diaphragm. So your eyes are closed, and you're going to take the arms and open them wide. And you're going to take your hand and just make pointer fingers in each hand. So we're just calling this a dolphin breath. It's a little bit more simplistic version than doing the Vishnu Mudra. You're going to take and close the right nostril with your uh, right finger. Inhale through the left nostril to a count of four seconds. Close the nostril and exhale through the right. Inhale through the right. Close the nostril. Exhale through the left. Inhale through the left. Close the nostril. Exhale through the right. Inhale through the right, close the nostril, exhale through the left. Inhale through the left, close the nostril, exhale through the right. Inhale through the right, close the nostril, exhale through the left. Inhale. 
Close the nostril. Exhale through the right. Inhale. Close the nostril. Exhale through the left. And then release. Other than getting boogies, uh, um, when we observe that movement and breath release energy, we find our prana. So when we practice pranayama, you not only are creating equanimity and um, more space to be inwardly free, but that simple alternate nostril breathing technique helps you to extend your vital life force. It gives you recuperative powers and it balances your nervous system. Um, one thing that's really interesting when you slow and regularize the breath, it engages what scientists call the parasympathetic nervous system, which is really the key to what we're doing when we're practicing yoga. We're teaching people how to chillax. That's all you're doing. You're giving people the most amazing opportunity to settle in. You know when you boil something and like the sediment rises and it's all active and bubbly and it's all shooken up? When you allow it to settle down and just relax and that sediment kind of sinks to the bottom, there's clear stuff. There's purity. And that's what we're really attempting to do when we practice. When we engage the parasympathetic nervous system, it calms and soothes us. Because when we're stressed, we breathe really rapidly which leads to a buildup of oxygen in the bloodstream and a corresponding decrease in the relative amount of carbon dioxide. This in turn upsets our, our DL acid alkaline balance. The pH level of the blood, and this is something you can heal with food too, which is gonna be on this sheet when we get back to our main sheet. Um, can, uh, the pH level of the blood can really mess you up and cause respiratory uh, spell check made it funny. Alkalosis, I think it can result in muscle twitching, nausea, irritability, lightheadedness, confusion, depression, fear, and anxiety. And these tense, shallow, and erratic um, breaths activate the sympathetic nervous system, and this fight or flight produces cortisol, which is a stress hormone. If two-thirds of our lungs are at the back of our body and we're not breathing into the back of our body and we're creating stress, it manifests in muffin top, ladies. So we don't want muffin top and we don't want to be stressed out. We want to breathe. And by slowing the breath, you're raising the carbon dioxide level in the blood. It nudges the pH level back to a less alkaline state. And um, the, when the parasympathetic nervous system calms us, we're working with something called the vagus nerve or the wandering nerve. And then this secretes a substance that lowers the heart rate and produces serotonin, the happy hormone. So we're literally like um, cooling. It's cooling. We cool the prefrontal cortex. One of the things that you're going to learn is that when you are practicing and you feel really overwhelmed or someone feels really overwhelmed, you know how Tony Robbins always says that he jumps in the pool every morning and it's freezing cold? That's so cool. <laughs> Do you know why he does it? 
it triggers the parasympathetic nervous system. If you have someone who's like flipping their shit out, all you have to do is give them an ice cube and have them like touch <coughs> the back of their neck. If you wake up in the morning and you feel like you've already started with a, a huge cup of coffee and you haven't even had coffee yet and your heart rate's racing, go to the sink, flush cold water all over your face for a couple minutes or submerge your face in water. And all of a sudden it triggers your vagus nerve to calm down your body. Puts your parasympathetic nervous system in play. It's very cool. On that same sheet that talks about your, um, that we did the alternate nostril breathing and tells you some benefits from it, of that channel purification, there's this beautiful chart that talks about your, your spine and nerves in a yoga way. It tells you the autonomic nervous system and kind of lays it out in yoga language. It tells you which river it is in India. It tells you that the um, uh, Ida Nadi is all about joy. The Shashimna Nadi is your spirit, your essence, unconscious activity, heartbeat, breathing, reflex. Your Pingala Nadi talks about creativity, thinking, planning, and acting. It also gives you a little picture of the Nadis and a picture of what yogis believe as, the, as you are um, setting yourself free and coming into liberation, how the chakras intersect and flow. I'd rather give you too much information than not enough. It's okay? Everybody's okay? Okay. Fantastic. So, yes. What is the Sanskrit when you say Nadis? I'm not a Sanskrit scholar. It says, um, it says this came from the internet. Yeah. No, I honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I never get a tattoo. I'm afraid someone's going to, like, you know, mess with me. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, on the caduceus symbol? Yeah, the wings. the wings. You set yourself free. It's your brain. The little ball at the top is balancing out the hemispheres of the brain, and then you grow wings. Right. The only way to take flight and be free is to use your entire brain. So you asked a really good question. That's going to lead to all of our pretty pictures. Because Western science has all of these interesting things to tell us what things are related. So if you see the anatomy and the function of the brain, our brain is fascinating. I think that's the word Kelly used. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right? It's totally fascinating. Our brain is amazing. It offers us lightness, but it also can offer us a lot of heaviness. So the anatomy and functional areas of the brain, I highly recommend as a teacher, you kind of learn about it. But then I kind of showed you the really simple, simple things about how when you get the brain to be in balanced, you can either be in stress or calm. This is a picture I always give to kids. I'd rather be in the calm. 
right? So you can see what happens to your body. When you're stressed out, your pupils expand, your um, uh, fast and shallow breaths, your heart pumps faster, and your gut is inactive, which is bad because your gut, they call the second brain, right? Gut instinct, gut intuition. That's when a kid or an adult says, I have a stomach problem, or someone has like IBS, or all the different things, Crohn's and things. It actually could be repressed things. We're just silos, silos of grief, right? What do you do when you inhale? <gasps> You're super excited. What do you do when you exhale? You hold your breath. What do you do when you're freaking out? Right, what do you do when you're upset? What do you do when you have a presentation and you're freaking out and you're in front of a bunch of people? Right? We have to learn how to exhale. Someone already took the name for a famous yoga studio, but that's pretty much what we do as yoga teachers. In engaging the nervous system, we're teaching people how to exhale, truly exhale, through all of those values, not just what you think comes out of your mouth or your nose when you're breathing, but all your cells. <coughs> when you look at this picture, where it has the nervous system and it says parasympathetic and sympathetic, it kind of tells you how this amazing blueprint of your essence affects different parts of your body. More fun little pictures. What I like is the lines of communication within your body because when you hold up this chart that just has your thoracic and all of that stuff, sometimes it's hard to see, but then it says lines of communication and it literally goes to certain body parts and kind of gives a better explanation. So the C1 is to the blood supply in your head, your pituitary gland, your scalp, your bones of the face, brain, inner and middle ear, sympathetic nervous system, eyes, ears. That's pretty specific. L5, to your lower legs, ankles, feet, prostrate. So all of these from C1 to C7, T1 to T12, L1 to L5, and then your sacrum, your sacral plexus, and your coccyx, they all have nerves leading to a part of your body, and if there's a disconnect or a compression or an accident or a pain or an emotional issue, that is not going to flow. Your human machine has stopped in that region. So I like energy. This is all about a listening emotions body chart. That's one of the last ones in there. This to me is extremely fascinating because when someone is, um, has like a, you say you're a pain in my butt, it really means holding on self-blame, sitting on old plane, helpless, insecurity. Our bodies are our autobiographies, and they are manifestations, and they tell the story. But what's really, really, really cool about all of this is, is that because yoga is transformational, and you are working on your neurological systems, and you are able to heal yourself, right, because you are the doctor now, then what's happening is that you are able to rewrite your autobiography. Whether you're two years old and you're a preemie, right? Or you are 
a hundred some years old. We are able to heal ourselves, not by plugging into a machine and like, you know, like getting nanotechnology put into us, but actually through yoga and mindfulness practices, we have the ability to heal our neurological system and we have the ability to do some really, really cool stuff if we can figure out how to work our vagus nerve. You excited to learn about your vagus nerve? Okay, vagus nerve. I always make the same dumb, corny jokes, but it is not Las Vegas. And you're not leaving it, right? It's spelled V-A-G-U-S. In the handout that you wrote your heart rate on, it's on page two. The vagus nerve pulls it all together. The vagus nerve is a bundle of nerves that originates in the top of the spinal cord. It activates different organs throughout the body, such as the heart, the lungs, the liver, and the digestive organs, where the PNS needs backup, calming down the body after a stressful trigger. When active, the vagus nerve is stimulated and helps produce those warm, fuzzy feelings that um, feels like a free hug. I'm totally free to be you and me, kid. And I have, one of my favorite books was Warm Fuzzlies and Cold Pricklies. It doesn't stop there. The vagus nerve also helps regenerate your organs and cells by activating stem cells, which over time contribute to, th to thicken our brain tissue that normally shrinks with aging. So like all this stem cell research, or how many of you are taking collagen and putting it, you know, like all these people are adding collagen supplements? Or bulletproof coffee. Oh my gosh, you're like the only people in the world I know who are not doing it. Yeah, right? It's amazing. The vagus nerve is part of the sensory somatic system. It's a subdivision of the peripheral nervous system. It's the 10th cranial nerve. It exits at the medulla, which is part of the brainstem. And now you have a picture of where, what, different parts of the brain, so you can look at it. The Latin root of the word vagus is wandering. This is a key characteristic of the little gem within the world of relaxation. It begins its journey below the base of the brain, roams down the throat along the esophagus, continues its sojourn near the lungs and heart, and innervates the digestive system. Anybody ever had a car accident? Anybody ever feel really whacked out sometimes and know they need an adjustment because something's not right? There are a lot of people who have had concussions or car accidents that don't realize that they're stressed or anxious because they're pinching their vagus nerve and it's not functioning properly. Huh. Yeah. Wild. Um, so you come to the mat, maybe you do some things that will help them and they say like, oh, my neck is really stiff and it's not moving. And then you can do poses that help to open up that region very carefully and very mindfully so you don't over-exacerbate the issue. The parasympathetic, um, or sorry, the vagus nerve stimulation um, reduces inflammatory responses through our system. Inflammation is a huge problem right now in our culture, right? So you're helping people through yoga to get rid of inflammation. It helps the brain emit new cells. It decreases depression and anxiety and lifts our mood. It helps with razor-sharp memory. Uh, it helps you, um, they're using it right now with Alzheimer's work, traumatic brain injuries, and it, it also helps to raise your immunity, 
It raises a level of endorphins, which bring about positive feelings in the body and reduce the sensation of pain. Sign me up. Right? Who knew that all this stuff was really, really effective? Before we move on to the next page, which is some things to help with the nervous system, I want to talk a little bit about um, the idea of uh, same from Patanjali and the Yoga Sutras. Um, so Patanjali, who was one of the authors or words falling down from heaven, whether it was a collective or a single individual, when you practice Ashtanga Yoga, the eight limb path, you practice an invocation before it. How many of you practice Ashtanga? Yeah? Yeah? And there's that Sanskrit invocation where they say, Samskara hala hala moha shantie. So samskaras are the broken records, the thing, the chitta vrittis, the turnings of our mind, like to hold on to our monkey mind. When we hala hala moha shantie, you're literally purging out the toxins to release and come into freedom, which is really cool because that freedom leads us to liberation when we realize we're not our thoughts. Yogis have this amazing, amazing word for this neuroplasticity that helps us to stay healthy. Santosha, happiness or contentment. So the fact that we are here working on the vagus nerve and helping with neuroplasticity of our brain just simply through teaching yoga, that's amazing. That is just like, to me, the coolest thing in the whole world. When we work on our life force energy, there's some really simple ways to help people on this path. So I would love to, for the last couple of moments that we're here to, together, is to talk about the last two sheets from your handout where you wrote your um, heart rate on, how breath work is used to balance the nervous system. Do you have a friend who says like, oh, God bless you. Do you have a friend who says like, don't like yoga? Not going to do it. I'm not, I don't look that way. I don't believe in that hippie granola shit. Uh, that's weird. Did you sip some Kool-Aid? Right? Everything else you can think about that you know helps you and makes you a better human being. Well, here's some stuff to do to help these people. Because we have to remember as teachers... Because everyone is coming to the mat with their own experience, totally different than ours, we can't force anybody to be like, oh yeah, I love that shit like you do, right? We have to be very, very careful about how we um, subtly share the amazing wisdom of yoga and the ancient lineage. So here's some ways to do it so that you can start people from where they start, okay? One thing simply that you can do is intentful, long, slow, diaphragmatic breaths where you inhale the belly out and you exhale the belly in. And so here's a saying that you could say as you're teaching a class or talking to a friend on the phone who's really stressed out and crying hysterically and you just want to help them be more grounded before they say something that they'll regret. Breathe into your thorax. The entire circumference of your ribs are moving. 
right and left sides of the body. Uh, even your bra strap. Sorry, Ryan. Expand your chest, and then your core automatically begins to work. Feel a joyful smile, and this in turn affects your facial nerves. Serene eyes, which are your ocular motor stuff. Pleasurable exhale, which allows you to cathartically release what no longer serves you. And it enhances your vagal tone, so it lets you be less nervous. A simple thing to do, whether it's kids or adults, is to lay on your back and feel your heartbeat in your back, because we have a back heart, right? To feel your back on the ground. It's grounding, it's supportive. And when you place weight on your tummy, whether it's a teddy bear, a block, a bottle of water, your favorite book that's a little bit heavy, and try and take a bunch of breaths in and out slowly, start with the count of four and then exhale for the count of four. And do a series of that maybe for like a minute, two minutes, three minutes, and you'll see a crazy change because it's affecting the vagus nerve. You'll see a change in someone. Laughing. Laughing seems such a silly kind of a thing, but laugh. Laugh like a hyena, laugh like a donkey. But find something to do. You can do it with a little baby who's not speaking yet, or you can do it with an adult. You go into a nursing home, you can do it just to get someone to laugh and smile. It's the first sign of empathy. It's pretty amazing. Um, singing. You can sing in the car. That's where, if OM is the primordial sound of the earth, to just chant OM in your car will reset your body just the same way as alternate nostril breathing will do. Uh, immerse your tongue in saliva while doing long, deep breathing. That means you got to get those salivary glands to engage, which in turn helps to turn on the vagus nerve. Silly, right? A body scan where you do something like a, a yoga nidra or some kind of a um, way to bring yourself or your attention to physical sensations helps to relax your muscles. Durga, how many people have ever heard of the word Durga if you don't read any further, right? You teach it. It's one of the first breaths that you learn how to teach as teachers. The Durga or the three-part breath is the foundation of all yoga breathings. It comes from integral yoga. Um, it means like slow, deep, long, and complete. And therefore, this practice is sometimes also referred to as a complete breath, the Durga Pranayam. So it is belly, lungs, and ribs, ribs, lungs, and belly. Because when we are freaked out and are stressed out, you only breathe about the top 30% of your breathing capacity, which in turn, you're just stuck in fight or flight, freeze mode. You're in that animal reptilian brain and you're just gonna be like a lizard. You're back to primordial times. You're just gonna So that Durga Pranayama is really good. A breath practice where you can just talk about softening and relaxing, there's some words to use. 
Um, how many of you like Kapalabhati or have practiced any Kundalini yoga practices, tantric yoga? Mm -hmm. The ego eradicator is my favorite go-to. Mm -hmm. I know, it's fun. How many of you are like, what's an ego eradicator? Oh, okay. Okay, sit crisscross applesauce. So the um, idea of Kapalabhati is that it means skull shining or skull cleansing. So we are going to try and allow ourselves to do the ego eradicator. It is very fun. You're going to keep your arms straight. You're not going to let your elbows bend. You're going to take your hands into the mudra where your thumb is um, reaching out and your fingers are pressing into your hands and your heart is open and your spine is long. Inhaling and exhaling as you breathe, allow yourself to soften and find sweetness in this moment. And then what happens is you're going to breathe through your nose, almost as if on your exhale someone's pressing your belly button to your spine. You're going to conk your wife in a second. And when you inhale, breathe in, your belly fills up. And when you exhale, you press your belly to your spine and you breathe out through the nose. So all it becomes, it sounds like this. Okay, everybody stop, let your hands down, shake them out. All right, the challenge is, is that most people, and we didn't have time to do the yoga therapeutic practice of feeling the breath in different parts of your body, people usually only breathe into their collarbones. So we want to breathe from down here, from our low back, our side body, our private parts, and we want to lift and rise up the energy. Okay, open your arms wide. You're on the clock for a minute. It's just a really quick ego eradicator practice. And here we go. Ready, set, go for it. If you feel like your arms are tired, keep them up high. If you feel like you need to stop, don't stop. Breathe a little bit deeper. Close your eyes or focus on one spot. And use the breath. Really use the breath to push out what no longer serves you. Every exhale is forceful. Find that hatha yoga. Breathe into the pranayama. You've got it. Feel your energy strong. If you need to cough, cough, but keep going. Inhale and exhale. Keep yourself strong. As your eyes are closed and your heart is open, take your final exhale through the nostrils. Take a big sip in through the nose. Exhale through the mouth. Good, this time we're gonna inhale through the nose and like a lion's roar, stick out your tongue, exhale. Thumbs come together, your eyes are still closed. And then release. Do they line up? <laughs> Do they, your thumbs line up? No. <laughs> what if they don't line up? You're going to go to yoga hell. 
<laughs> no, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen. It's all good. Yeah, right? We're trying to create equanimity, eh? So how can we find equanimity without looking, but really use our senses? Because as yogis, when we get the sai yamas, we have that sixth sense, right? We start to really find higher states of consciousness and awareness and connectivity. So the more you do practices like ego eradicator or breath of fire and things, you feel more connected. Alternate nostril breathing, we did. Um, a little quick practice of that. Another breath work practice you can do is just the ujjayi pranayama that we do when we practice yoga. Ujjayi means victorious. A lot of people think it means sound like Darth Vader. <laughs> so think about it. it. Your breath doesn't have to be loud to be strong and cathartic. It's victory over the mind, right? Chitta vrittis narodaha. So that victory over the mind is what we're trying to connect into versus like, oh, I need to sound really loud. Because a lot of times when people sound really loud, it's all chest and it's not really from where we want the breath to emanate from. Another way of doing um, uh, balancing the nervous system is a movement, because we know movement releases pent up energy and offers balance and self-reliance, any moving meditation that's breath-initiated movements. So we already know we're here studying yoga, so obviously yoga is going to be the unifying force of what you all are teaching. But qigong, tai chi, all those things that are on that path that use breath-initiated movements. Even running can get someone in the zone and is great to do for people who are really suffering from anxiety. It helps them to really tap into the cathartic exhale that they lose a lot. A well-rounded yoga practice um, often begins with the sun salutation and closes with shavasana. But remember, all you're doing is trying to get the PNS baseline. So any gentle breath-based vinyasa works. It gives some examples of some poses that you can do, but all poses lead to the path of ease and relaxation. And... Uh, any meditation on loving kindness, a daily meditation practice, whether 20 minutes or one minute, helps to strengthen the parasympathetic nervous system. Honestly, I don't care if you're laying down and you meditate. Sitting up, if that's not your jam, do a meditation where it feels comfortable. Even when you're going to, what's it called, the stop sign, and you're um, meditating, you can meditate at the stop sign. That can be your one minute space before you drive off into the hustle and bustle of the world again. There's all kinds of ways, shapes, forms, and places to, to practice meditation. Optimistic attitude, that santosha, that sunny disposition, um, can positively change your entire being. So finding ways to be positive, whether you're a journaler, whether you talk to random people on the street, whether you just find ways to turn your sides of your lips up, but that really helps to lead your body on a more positive path. Ayurveda is huge because of that gut-brain connection, so doshas, food, um, help your central nervous system. Uh, we want to find a sattvic state, which is the most harmonious state. And harmony comes in different ways, right? 
I just have to find what that little key is for you. Mantra is another way of singing. Um, binarial beats, has anybody ever used those? Those are pretty cool. You can get a lot of that stuff from the internet. You can download it onto your iPhone. You can listen to it. It's music that helps through the sound waves to balance out the brain. Cool. It's kind of cool. Um, the, um, I told you about putting your face in cold water. There's another way to spark the vagus nerve that chiropractors have that little machine that goes it's like that metal thing that's like a spark, it's supposed to be a sparker, but I don't know, like I think we all have enough energy to spark ourselves. What you do here is to spark the vagus nerve is your tummy where your belly button is. You go to the right side and tap it. You go to the belly button and then the left side. And then you go to the indent at the back of the ear on the right side and you tap it. Indent and the um, neck below the ear on the left side. You do three fingers to the crown, three fingers to the top, three fingers to the hairline, and two fingers to the eyebrow. And that's supposed to trigger and start to get the nerves of your vagus nerve to wake up. A vital, healthy nervous system enables you to meet every event of life with calm and resiliency. And this vitality and positive energy allows you to be a whole person, to really be yoga. Yoga is not about the asanas. It's about how do you find wholeness and how do you find um, that you can release the anxiety and pressures of your day and your world and really find stillness and, and, and settle into your truth so that you can be bright and shiny and radiant. The parasympathetic and the sympathetic are really connected like a seesaw. And it's kind of like what we talk a lot about yoga. It's really easy to go into these different states of being, of pain and pleasure, the raga, dvesha. And what we're trying to do is we want to activate the parasympathetic nervous system to reach our best. A healthy nervous system enables you to meet every event of life with calm, and it keeps all your muscles, organs, and tissues of the body working at full efficiency. It gives sharper sensory perception and creates a sense of vitality and energy to your whole being. And many factors combine to equate good health. But you want to bring your body-mind network to a state of balance. And this comes through yoga. So you don't have to be a doctor, I don't think, to really teach yoga. You don't have to be a scientist to really understand that when you use a moving meditation and breath practices, you can find ease that calms the body and sends that positive hormone through you, the happy hormone of serotonin, so that you can be... Um, um, radically kind and show compassion not just to your friends around you but to yourself <coughs> and that radical kindness that radical compassion is the first limb, the first principle the first precept of yoga it's ahimsa so our spine really isn't just our spine our central nervous system isn't really just our nervous system the fluidity and the movement and the flow and the connections that we create 
It's really um, all about um, generosity, right? Compassion. That's going to get everything integrated and whole. So before we leave today, I want you to take your heart rate again. So I'm going to set the timer for a minute. And instead of counting the beats, I want you to count beats of the heart. I want you to count your breaths and see if you've used your skills of listening, which is an active practice of meditation, to calm yourself and change from when you walked into this room to when we leave. Cool? So close your eyes. Find your breath. And begin. write down your magic number. Our nervous system is kind of abstract, um, and it's not visible, so we don't really realize all the cool things that we're doing when we're practicing. But yoga has the ability to alter many parts of our body. So if you tap into your prana and you tap into um, your amazing human machine and you find ease, you will reboot your computer, and you'll be happy and healthy and strong and amazing humans. It was an honor and privilege to spend this time with all of you. I hope you learned a lot, and may the merits of your practice benefit all beings. Namaste. Namaste.